Hey, Nashville. Welcome to On the House with T.J. Anderson Holmes. I am local realtor T.J. Anderson, along with my partner, Xavier Thompson. What's up, boss man? We want to thank our wonderful host and studio sponsor, A.J. Anderson of Loan Depot, located in Brantwood, Tennessee. We thank them for the use of their studio and their services. So in our last team meeting, uh, we were talking about technology and how we help serve our clients and and things that we could do in addition to what we're already doing that our clients would benefit from. And, you know, everybody that knows our team knows we have a uh, heavy influence on the radio with our advertising. Our seller clients particularly love that because it drives traffic to our website and people find their homes on our site, uh, buy them, and everybody's happy. But we kind of wanted to go full circle and embrace current technology as, you know, we've done for the last 10 years a lot of blogging. So that requires a lot of content, which we enjoy doing, but we're finding that everybody's, the time they have, their attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. You know, when you want to see something on Instagram, you're scrolling up. You want to check Twitter, you're scrolling up. Heck, I mean, if you want to go on a date, you're swiping left and right. People aren't going to sit down and read what we're writing as much as we would like them to we had to find a better mousetrap to talk to the public and, and really get our message out. So in our last meeting, Xavier said, we have to podcast. I've got a podcast. Let's do this. So I said, all right, I'm going to research it. And I did, and I didn't understand any of the equipment. So again, thank you, Lone Depot. The technology aspect of it is um, a big thing for us because ever since I started in the business, you know, when I got into the business in 04, Google wasn't here yet, which is crazy to think about. You know, I was showing houses. I was printing out MapQuest directions and, um, you know, navigation systems. They were remedial at best, you know, but looking back then, I did like my flip phone though, because I could hang up on people. And that I was think fantastic. I was in high school in 04. You were, you were still a twinkle in your dad's eye. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, technology has changed and we've tried as a team always to embrace that. You look at how we run our contracts. Everything we do is digital. Client signatures are digital. All of our paperwork is digital. Home search. Home search has changed so much in the past 16 years. Before, you could look online for listings but now you can look everywhere. Now it's I in your pocket. I used to be in the newspaper as well. I was in the newspaper. I advertised in the back of the Nashville scene. <laughs> yeah. The, the real estate section in the back of the Nashville scene was 30 pages long. Now I think it's maybe a page long. But that's how times change. So we've, we've tried to adjust our business and our marketing as technology has changed. Guys, today we want to talk about two topics, and as we progress with this podcast, we're really going to be open to um, our listeners and, and really what they want to talk. I know Xavier's got a bunch of topics, I've got a bunch of topics, so we looked at what's a great first topic to talk about, and we both came to the consensus. What does everybody ask us, Xavier? When's a good time to buy, and when's a good time to sell? Yeah, so I get that question, what, once a day? Uh, at least, at, at least, least once a day. Yeah, so past clients, people I know, current clients, hey, should I buy? Should I sell? So that answer is not as easy as right now. It's not. Anybody in sales would say, oh, buy right now. Buy right now. I want to sell you a house. Our team's different. We like to joke that we've probably unsold more houses than we've sold, meaning that we've, we've talked people out of uh, what we felt were bad decisions. We're more consultants than we are salespeople. Um, if we ever feel like we're selling a house, we'll get out of the business. So would you agree with that, Xavier? 100% agree with that. When I got into real estate, I was like, I just do not want to be in the sales business. And so I just remember one of the one of the things that brought me over to wanting to do real estate was TJ was like, like I'm not in the sales business. It's like I'm in the people business. Right. Like building relationships and just people trusting in that relationship that you will advise them correctly in the right direction. Yeah, so the the right direction is is sometimes not what they intended. So we'll 100%. have 100%. Right, 100%, right? So we'll we'll show a house, somebody says, "I want three bedroom, two and a half bath, I want a level yard, I want it completely updated, and I want it moving ready." Okay, fantastic. We can find that in Nashville. I mean, 
there's new construction on every corner. So we'll show those houses. All of a sudden we'll get an email and it's for a house built in 1942 that has wallpaper everywhere and they absolutely love it. So real estate is one of those things where you actually have to see things to realize what you really do like and what you don't like. I fully agree with that because I, I had a client, I guess, a couple weeks back. So he wanted older homes, older renovated homes. It's like he wanted to make sure it had three bedrooms, it had a backyard, it had a garage, and wanted to be older renovated because he liked to look. And it's like, so I made a, him a, a tour of like 10 homes, but one of the homes in there, it was actually a shared wall. Well, it's actually a more of a... Zero lot line-esque. Yeah, yeah, a shared wall. And so he really he specifically said, it's like, that's a hard word to say on the radio. I specifically, oh, I sorry. Know. sorry, sorry, the podcast. podcast. Stay, say specifically. Specifically. Good. Yeah, okay, let's go. I used, to, I used to have a retainer, and I could say suspicious. Are you staring at my headgear? No, yes. <laughs> Are you staring at my headgear? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I made a, I made a uh, two of them about ten homes, and um, most of them I had nine of them, like the older renovated, like uh, like he had sent me before. But one of them, I was like, this home has every single thing that he requests. But it's, it's a shared wall, so I'm not sure if I'm not sure if he's going to go for it. But you know what? It's like, we'll just throw it in there. If he doesn't like it, he doesn't like it. But that, he loved it. He loved it. That ended up being his favorite one mm -hmm. after that. And then I think pretty sure we offered two days later. Yeah. So. I, I think what we do a lot of the time as real estate agents is, yes, we find properties. Yes, we protect you through the transaction. We write the offers and we make sure that our clients get everything that they want. But I think in a greater scale, we are the open mind for our clients. They watch HGTV. They hear from their friends and family. They think they want modern farmhouse. You hear that a lot, right? Mm -hmm. I want shiplap. I need subway tile. Well, yes, all those things are fantastic. But I think when you're looking at your biggest investment, you need us to be that open mind for you. Hey, I think you might want to check this out. It checks nine out of 10 boxes and you might not want that 10 box checked. Would you agree? I agree. Let's say I, I tell my clients, it's like, this is actually one of the things you taught me is like, I ask my clients, I want you to tell me your perfect house. Tell me your, your to then tell me what your needs are mm -hmm. and then tell me what your wants are. Right. It's like non-negotiables and wants. And so I tell them my goal and my job is to find a house where you have to make as least compromises as possible. Right. Because you're, you're always going to have to make a compromise. Right. But I say there's no such thing as a perfect house. No, there's no such thing as a perfect house. That house that you found was perfect. It happened to have a shared wall. The beauty of that, though, is we were able to research and find out that noise transfer was no big deal. It was just like having a single family house. So we try to be the open mind for our clients, whether they really know it or not. So we feel like that helps them be guided in the right direction. So speaking of being guided in the right direction, first topic is should we buy or sell, right? Is it a good time to buy or sell? The answer that I always give and I have for the last 16 years is Nashville area, especially Nashville property, the urban areas, is a 12-month sales cycle. People ask me, well, what do you mean by that? What I mean by a 12-month sales cycle is if you're looking for a house in particular, or a neighborhood, let's call it East Nashville. I want to be in East Nashville. Well, we know that East Nashville is, from an inventory standpoint, can be limited, but more so, the types of houses are very different, especially the historic district. So mm -hmm. you have your Victorians, you have your craftsmen, you have your um, tutors. So you have all these different elements. But if you want to be in East Nashville, you're going to find a way to be there. I can't tell you how many clients I've had just signed a lease, they signed a lease last week, House of Their Dreams comes up in East Nashville. They will do what they need to do to break that lease mm -hmm. to get that house. I think it's a little bit different in more homogenous neighborhoods. Right. But when you're talking about the East Nashvilles, the Hillsborough Villages, the German towns, that house comes up, they'll jump on. When we start looking, you need to be ready. 
It's like, because as soon as we find one, we have to decide this. Is this the house you want? If if not, we move on. If it is, I was like, well, then we need to actually think about what does you offering look like? You look at the report that came out yesterday, Nashville number two job market in the country. I saw so, that. Right. So people are coming here for their job. They have the money to buy the houses and that's what they're doing. So you look at all the neighborhoods as a whole. Yes, East Nashville super popular. Woodbine, popular. You have 12 South, always been popular. Heck, Hillsborough Village, 37212, you can't even find a house for sale. If it comes up, it is gone before it even hits the MLS. So mm-hmm. that's the way the Nashville market works, especially the urban core. So that's when I say it's a 12-month market. If you want into those neighborhoods, you are going to buy. Right. No matter what else is going on in your life, if that's what you truly want, and that's the house that you want, because in those neighborhoods, most houses are you're comparing apples to oranges to bananas. Mm-hmm. I think if you get out into more of the suburban areas, you have more apples. And that's not a bad thing. It just happens to be the way the neighborhoods are set up. So if you want something unique, you're going to jump. If you're going to jump quickly, that means that the market is going to be 12 months a year, 365. So talking about selling, right, what does that mean if you're a seller? Well, people come to me, when should I sell? When's a good time? Well, the answer to that is when is it convenient for you? Because you have to make a move too. What are you going to do? You're going to sell and where are you going to go? Right. So if you're ultimately going to become a buyer in Nashville again, well, we have to time your sale correctly. So the best time to sell is when it is the best time for you logistically, financially, emotionally, because in Nashville, your house is going to sell. If you Mm -hmm. price it well and you hire us, hopefully, (laughs) and we market it correctly the way that we do, professional photos, we come up with a financial game plan, we come up with a logistical game plan to get it on the market, that house is going to sell. So if we're going to do that, let's have the plan for where you're going to go next. And I think that's the best way to think about it from the sales side. You know, put a house on the market. What are you seeing when you're dealing with uh, your buyers? As far as our team goes, most of the listings uh, I handle and my team handles a lot of the buyers. The way our team runs, I think that is, I think that's the best, most efficient way for our clients. Because if you're buying and selling at the same time, trying to divide and conquer more. So it's like TJ does the listing, so he can he's fully focused on marketing your home, getting your home out there, making sure it gets seen in all the right areas. Right. And then Laura and I are more focused on finding you your ideal house and. Looking at your market over here, looking over here and doing different searches, seeing what's coming to the market today in the different areas that you want to look in. And so it's more of like dividing and conquer so that we have multiple people working on selling your house and finding your house. Are you not fired up hearing him talk about that? You hear the passion in his voice. He loves what he does and that's why we love having him on the team. So yes, in a nutshell, our team, I have set it up so that everybody is taking care of every step of the way. And we all play to our strengths. I work with buyers too. So I've been in the business a long time. My clientele past clients, personal referrals. If you're out there, we love our referrals. That's the lifeblood of our business, right? It It is. is. Absolutely. There's nothing better than getting a phone call saying so-and-so told me to call you because it makes us feel good. And we know we're going to take good care of them and we're going to keep that referral train going. Right. But we're set up to a point where the beginning to the end, contract to close, there is somebody there with you. And big shout out to our contract coordinator, Pam Schultz. Oh, Pam is great. (laughs) Absolutely. Cannot speak highly enough about Pam. We cannot do our jobs without her. And oh, not even close. <laughs> we make sure that she knows it every day. So, Pam, thank you. And every podcast that we do, we're going to thank you because we're sitting 100%. here. 100%. Yes. We are sitting here. We're able to do this because you are crunching paperwork and everybody knows that we don't like paperwork. Oh, no, I do not <laughs> like sitting at a desk. <laughs> no, we'd rather, we'd rather be out there. And uh, so big shout out to Pam. Talking more about when to buy, that also goes along with the stages of home ownership. Right. I think, Xavier, you've probably lately more first-time home buyers. It's been definitely a lot of first-time home buyers, whether that's be young, more of like the younger stages or the older stages. It's been a mix of both first-time home buyers. Yeah, I, I think I think the way that jobs are now, what I'm finding that first-time home buyers aren't necessarily young. They like it used to be. 
they, yeah, yeah. So when you look at the transition to Nashville, we have a lot of people coming with good jobs that want to buy a house, but they're coming from markets where the affordability level just was not there. Mm-hmm. You know, we work with buyers from Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, a lot from New Jersey. I've had from Florida. I've had from Chicago. Yeah. So the the difference the difference between Florida and Chicago versus the other cities I mentioned, you could have a killer job making mm-hmm. great money. We can't buy a house. San Francisco, a million dollars. Oh, what's that get you? A parking space and a cardboard box. Right. Right. Know, exactly. That's not a knock on San Francisco. That's just that's just the pricing. The, the, the California market is it is crazy how compared to the national market. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were together the other day. And we had two musicians moving here from San Francisco. So a ton of fun to work with. The best part was every house we went to, and we're talking seven fifty to a million dollars, they were laughing. Mm-hmm. And I literally asked a question, why are you laughing? They go, we could buy two of these for what we could get in San Francisco that wouldn't be near as good as one of them. Mm-hmm. So what we're seeing is the affordability index and the quality of life here in Nashville, no state income tax, good wages, awesome place to live. The first-time buyer is not dictated just by aid. I think the first-time buyer is dictated by where they're coming from. We have 40, 45, 50-year-old people moving from these high cost of living areas and moving here and they're buying their first home. Well, their first home is significantly higher than probably most first-time home buyers, right. but it still is their first home. It's still their first home, yeah, exactly. It's still their first purchase. It's still their first purchase. I've seen a lot of people my age and, and people older than me, a lot of them are, a lot of their jobs, they transfer them around and so they're like, right. it's like, I'm not sure about purchasing here because I'm not sure if I'm gonna be here long-term. And so, but then when they finally find that place, whether it be at 28, whether it be at 32, or whether it be at 45, it's like, okay, this is a place that my job is going to keep me here for a longer period of time where it makes purchasing a home actually make sense. And I get a phone call, a California number, New York number, call and say, hey, I got your name from so-and-so, or I found you online, I'd like to meet, look for a house. I say, okay, you know, where are you in a home buying process? And most of the time, they'll say, we are moving here to Nashville area for the affordability. And I'll go, well, what are you looking for? And they go, you know, we are so below what we can do here that we don't even know what we're capable of there. Right. You know, what is $500,000 buy? Well, it buys a lot. Yeah. So when they come here, they're, they're shocked. I have so many clients that moved from the West Coast years and years ago, and we've probably bought and sold four, five, six houses by then or mm-hmm. until now. And they love it here. They decide to stay, right? They bring their family here, things like that. Right. So those are the, the first-time home buyers in a city like Nashville, like we just said. You don't have to be a young person with your first job, first-time home buyer, right? You could be highly successful from the West Coast or wherever where affordability was different and higher. Mm-hmm. You come here, and literally the real estate world's your oyster, which I think is fantastic. It is. You know, after your first time, so what's the next thing? With your first home purchase, I think that's the most fun that you get to have. Would you agree with that? I definitely, 100% agree with that. Yeah, so your first home, you get to buy within your means to buy the style you want, the area that you want. You get to do whatever you want to the house. So those are the first time. First time house is typically also going to be the best investment that you make. And that's Mm -hmm. what we found. So people go, TJ, why do you say that? Well, the sheer math of it. The biggest pool of buyers that you're ever going to have for your house are first time buyers. And why is that? Well, those are the most affordable houses. So the most amount of people typically can afford the most inexpensive in any given market. So if you buy a first time house and the market continues to do well. Well, when it comes time for you to sell, you have the biggest net of buyers that you could possibly have in the most attractive price point. So that's why I feel your first house sets you up for success for the rest of your house. Because what we call our next timers on our team, we call first timers and we have next time. By next timers, what we mean is you have to move because your life has changed. Okay. How's your life change? You fall in love, you get married, maybe you have kids, 
job relocation. You're prompted to move by some circumstance. So you're a next timer. So the first time you're a next timer, if you have enough equity in your house, well, you can buy a substantial second home. Or if you already have the money to put down, maybe hold on to the first one and use it as a rental. Right. So there's so many different things that you can do. But you can be a next timer a multitude of times. And so there's all kinds of things that happen. Marriage, well, the opposite of that equation is what? Divorce. Right. So life takes you in many different spaces. So I think after enough next timers, well, then you're probably looking at retirement house, which we could talk about at length here in Middle Tennessee. I mean, what do I complain about all the time? Single level homes. So I always, I always lament that we don't have enough single family homes, especially single family new construction, because we get, a, we get the question all the time, hey, what's the best place for me to buy a house with no stairs? If you're talking about people getting oh, a little yes, bit, yeah, yes, yes. they're getting a little bit more elderly or, or they're planning to be elderly, which I think is a good plan to have. Uh, not a great thought, but you know, the reality of life is we slow down as we get older. Single level, easy access house. We need more of those in Tennessee, and I, and I think you know, we're starting to see that. I do have a decent amount of uh, older clients who who are like you were saying, just getting into older age, and it's like it's like I'm I want to prepare. I I, I don't want to have to move again. It's like I want this to be the home I stay in for the rest of my life, and so it's just my I don't want to have to have stairs where I can't go up to the second floor. Like I have to do everything on the first floor. And so those aren't being built near as fast as, you know, the two stories or ones with the basements. You know where they are being built? Where? Dixon, Tennessee, where just so happens that we have 27 single-family homes coming. I see what you did there. Yes, at a very attractive <laughs> price points. And a majority of them will be single-level, ready for you to move into your golden years, Middle Tennessee. So more info to come on that. But thanks for that. Uh, I didn't even know I was going to give that plug Let's today. say, ladies and gentlemen, that was not planned at all. That CJ just saw the opportunity and he took it. That, that's the marketing genius of it. I can't, uh, you know, I can't deny it. You know, talking about the stages, think about what stage you're in. So if you're out looking right now, your first time buyer stage, you might be able to predict when your next time is going to be. You have a three-year stint here in Nashville. So you know you have three years and you have to plan it out. Well, if that's the case, if you're going to be in your house for any less than three years, I recommend to my clients buy something that you can ultimately use as a rental property. Because I don't think three years, even in the best of markets, isn't enough time to get enough appreciation uh, and equity build that it would sustain a sale. When we're talking to our clients, you know, I, I think a minimum of five years mm-hmm. is usually the best bet if you want to sell. That's really the different stages, right? And of course, then you know, we talked about the either empty nest or straight up retirement. Yeah, but about to say, still on that topic, my it's like I'm the oldest of four, and so when I moved out, my family moved. Well, I moved. I grew up in Georgia, and so my family Ooh. moved up. Okay, <laughs> go balls. Let's that's that's not that's a different topic for a different podcast. But um, I I moved up here, and so uh, we were in a you know a large house to fit all six of us, and so they moved up here, and they only need to fit five, so they moved out to. Uh, one with uh, only uh, four bedrooms, and so, and then after my my two nope the two middle siblings graduated from high school and went on to college, then they moved to even an even smaller house with my brother who's twelve years younger than me is like uh, still in high uh, he's a ninth grader MBA uh, go big red and so they moved to a house with now it's only three bedroom house and so and then after they in four years when he graduates they plan to even move to a smaller house so it's it's kind of like that there's even even in the empty nester stage. Getting towards the empty nester stage, there are still a lot of next stages. Well, yeah, they got to squeeze the kids out. You can't come back and mooch off them forever. Right. They're like, oh, it's like, oh, you guys can like sleep on the couch. So they're like, we don't want you to come stay for a long time. Just stay for a visit. Those were the main topics for today. We're going to try to keep these podcasts to about 15 to 20 minutes. A little house knowledge snacks, if you will. 
we want to hear from you guys. If you have something that you want us to talk about, email. You can email me, tj at tjandersonhomes.com, Xavier, Xavier at tjandersonhomes.com, uh, and Laura will be on future ones, and she's Laura at tjandersonhomes.com. We are proud members of Benchmark Realty. Our office number is 615-432-2919, and you can find us online at tjandersonhomes.com. We'll see you next time.